is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. All right, everybody, welcome to the Schaefer Baseball Report number number 89. And we got uh, we got some really special guests today. Um, two people I respect. Um, you know more than a lot of other people in the game. It's difficult. We got we got some we got some renegades. We got some rogue in this game, and you know not everybody likes each other. And you know we knock heads from time to time. Actually, one of our guests, Bo, and I, we we've butted heads and loved it because uh, <laughs> we needed a, we needed our fix. We have Bo Robinson in in the studio tonight with us, and then uh, calling in, and we're going to find out where he's at. I don't know if he's in in North Carolina or he's down in. Um, in Florida, but uh, National League Manager of the Year, um, Charlotte native, uh, one of Bo's old coaches, and somebody that I've known since he was 12 years old, and that's uh, St. Louis Cardinals manager Michael Schilt. So we're excited to have Michael. We're excited to have Bo. Um, obviously, we have very little agenda, as usual, because when I get out of bed about 9.15 and quickly get in here, and, and we'll rock it. We'll rock it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch on some good subjects, and uh, we'll have a good time. So when you're ready... Um, Let's uh let's say hello, Michael. Okay. Hello. All right. I love it when you answer on the first call. Makes me feel hey, important. Man. Of course, dude. You're the man. <laughs> Makes me feel so important. Hey, you, you doing all right? I'm doing good. How about y'all? Okay, we're doing good. Where are you at? Uh, we're in Florida. Okay, you're in Florida. How about the wee yeah. part? So I got I got a special guest in here with us today. What you got? Bo Daddy, Bo Robinson. What? Yeah. What's up, Shilty? How you doing, man? Oh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing Holy well, cow. man. All the stars are out. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm trying to connect the love. This is like uh, you know, love triangle <laughs> yeah. right now. That, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. Great. That's it exactly is. It right. is. So you guys, you got a place in Florida. You you picked it up for spring training, and you just decided to stay. Yeah, pretty much. Michelle's actually got a place down um, in Key Largo that she has to her family. So we we um, we commandeered it. Dude, it's how odd is Key it? Key Largo. Bro? That's how, awesome. Well, Key Logo, yeah, Michael in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, one. Yeah. And how odd to hear him say we. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, forever. We thought uh, married to the game forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you found a beautiful bride in Michelle, and no we doubt. met her met her at um, at your mom's service. Um, so uh, I, you know, how about this? You get married in spring training, think you're going to bust out for the season and travel and everything, and then you got to find out you guys got to like spend time together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, really, you can't just go to baseball and see, like, see you six months from now. <laughs> not, not working that way, but hopefully everything is going well. And uh, and are, are, the, are the girls down there too? Yeah, they're here too. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. are you home? Are you homeschooling? Are you teaching? <laughs> I'm the PE teacher, man. You're the teacher, man. <laughs> I'm the PE teacher. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not getting a whole lot done out of that. I had, I, had one of my, I had one of my buddies say, you know, after the first day of homeschooling, he's trying to get the kids in his class transferred. <laughs> <laughs> How about y'all? How's that going for y'all? Uh, it's you know, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's going good. I, I moved a lot of equipment out of CBC and put it into uh, into the garage, so the boys are working uh-huh. out on a daily basis. And you know, now there's there's a lot of kids like just in underwear standing in front of the refrigerator because they think they're buffed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they, they walk around like like I'm Dylan. Let's go down and hit. He comes down and he's got like Hooter shorts on and <laughs> and he's swinging. I'm like, come on, man! I can't put that on, you know, on your uh, profile, but. Uh, we're doing, we're doing good. The boys are doing as well, you know, as well as possible. We're trying to get uh, some action going out there at the facility. So when you do get back up to Charlotte, you know, I'll take you out there and see it. It's uh, cool. You know, it's, it's 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 been done right, and that's you know the silver lining to to a lot of this is that 
you know, that, that field is brand new and it's natural surface. So the rise out, the Bermuda's coming through, it's going to root better, it's going to play better. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things. And hopefully, uh, and hopefully these kids are, you know, are, are taking this as an off season, as an off season approach. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, we'll, uh, how, what's going on? So with the, uh, what do you hear? Is it, is it a daily update? You know, you know, what no, the possibilities it's are? More, it's more like, um, weekly kind of 10 days type thing i mean uh, we're gonna play at some point i think we're confident about that but it's just a matter of what it looks like and you know there's so many logistics to it and um but they're 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 getting their head around it um so but i think we're probably still you know several weeks away from thinking about reporting what's the uh when they what's the plan the the for a spring training, is it going to be a week, two weeks? You know, you staying up with the guys? Are they? they I think stay? yeah, yeah. I think probably about yeah. We talk to our guys. Um, every guy always once a week, and they're hearing from three or four staff members a, a week. But um, uh, looking like probably, about, I'd say if you're going to have an average to it, about 18 days of spring training. Wow, 18 days. So do you guys basically, you think you're going to extend the roster past uh yeah i think so yeah think just so. early on for a few few period of time so yeah i think so i think I, they'll start with you know some number and then get it down to 26 yeah well it's good it's more time for some people but it's it's gonna be tough for the minor leaguers you imagine bo like going through this situation and then all of a sudden you gotta show up because a lot yeah, of guys are gonna fall off yeah well the one thing i'll say is is for the pitching pitching standpoint i mean through what 18 days yeah you know, i'm hoping these guys even even our college guys uh, same thing, just making sure they're staying on a good throwing program and keeping their arms in shape because uh, mm-hmm. you don't want to rush any of the arms back. So I'm sure everybody's dealing with the same exact thing, and that's probably some discussions that uh, MLB's having and all the teams are probably having, I would assume, Shilty. Yeah, it's a big part of it, the pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to get guys ready, but, you know, we're going to get be having guys built up when the season starts, whenever that looks like, so. Yeah, that's that's the toughest part. It's you know everybody will throw their pens and come into spring training better than when we used to come into spring mm-hmm. training. I mean, their, their off season regimen is is serious. Yeah. You know, yeah. not that we weren't serious, we just didn't have the knowledge that mm-hmm. these guys had had to stay mm-hmm. prepared. Yeah. But you know, there's a, there's a big difference because you you watch how the hitters kind of almost dominate in spring training because guys are just trying to throw fastballs, get command yeah. of that fastball, work on some different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to mm-hmm. jump into a season and you can't work. You got to go win. Yeah, it's going to be it'll it'll be an interesting. An interesting twist. So the, the roster, your twenty-four man, twenty-five man is kind of set already, and then you just got to figure out what the other uh, pieces are that you would drag along. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting part because you know Bo and I played quite a while. I mean, I you know I put fourteen years in, so you can imagine some of these guys that are you know they're just trying to hang on to keep going and play that they had to go get real jobs. Yeah. You know, they had to go support their families. They couldn't sit at home and go, okay, I'll get through the winter with work. Now you know. I got a job. I may like the job. It's taking care of the family. The wife's like, look, dude, you know, you're home. Stay home. So mm-hmm. it's going to open up some interesting avenues. That It may flush out the older. You know, it's almost, this is a sad, kind of almost morbid kind of um, comparison, but you know, how, what's happening in all the nursing homes through COVID. You know, we're losing a lot of elderly people. Yep. It may yep, happen yep, the yep. same way in the minor leagues. You know, you're going to lose a lot, and it's going to be fresh and young. And, uh, you know, the whole let the kids play thing is... No gray beards, Bo. We got no chance, man. Although, <laughs> more, more gray. That's Michael, did you ever did you ever get the video of my comeback? Did I send that to you? Yeah, that was hilarious, dude. Oh, that, that was, was so great. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that. It dude, was, it I'm, was I'm awesome. in the airport. I'm in, I, I start off in the morning messing around, just having a good time. You know, just you know, messing with my wife, pissing her off, and 
And then I'm sitting in the airport. I'm making pretend I'm like I'm hiding behind a pillar because everybody yeah. sees me and they know me. Like, really? Who knows me? And here comes Schultz out of the bathroom. I'm like, dude, this yeah. is meant to be. Let's, oh, wow. Let's yeah. get after yeah. it. That was, that, was, that was fun, dude. Oh, we had a, we had a well, good Well, you did get mistaken for Mark McGuire, so someone does know you. I see that? Yeah. yeah. I did get mistaken for McGuire. McGuire? Really? <laughs> Didn't he exactly. like six five, six six? Exactly what I said. No, man. We told that last week. We were at USA, and his kid was pitching in the NTIS, and and McGuire was there. And this woman comes up to me and says, uh, "Oh my God, you know, I, I I saw you when you played in Oakland. Now remember, I played in Oakland for about a week and a half, and I think I had like eight at bats. So I'm like, oh, really? She goes, oh yeah, my mother loves you. I'm like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty good, <laughs> you know. And I remember her mom because she was like, I was telling us last week, she's the crazy one with the, the earrings and the signs, and she's there for every game, and you know. It's, so I knew who she was talking about, and she says her mom's in an adult home, you know, you know, would you, can I call her and you say something to her? I'm like, sure. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? Get well. Remember you? you know, oh, thank you, thank you. And I give the phone back. She walks away. And I tell Andrew and Pete Sinopoli, like, I think that, that lady thought I was Mark McGuire. <laughs> and she comes That's back. Good. She comes back. And I said, mm, uh, I'm not Mark McGuire. She goes, oh, you're not? <laughs> I'm like, no, the guy down there at 6'6", 215. Though, you know. It makes oh, you good yeah. working out, man. No, yeah. And it makes me like, you know, I hid my fat rolls well, turned them into, like, <laughs> I got my man spanks on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but hey, man, so you're sitting around at the end of the season and it is voting time for National League Manager of the Year. And, I mean, obviously, everybody in Charlotte is, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then it happens. How surreal. Well, how surreal has this journey been, Mike? I mean, let's go, you know, let's be realistic. Like, this is this is not the norm. No, no, it's not the norm. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know how to describe it. You know, you two have been there for uh, the lion's share of it, known both since he was six and Chase since I was, you know, 13. So, um Known you guys a long time, and you know we're just a couple guys that share a passion for the game, love teaching the game, love being a part of it. And, you know, my journey just allowed me to be a part of y'all's lives and, and careers, and um, really just wanted to try to teach and coach and manage the best I could for as long as I could. So, um, you know, got into a great organization with the Cardinals, with a lot of really quality people that. Um, you know, care about the game and care about the people in the game and the organization. And, um, you know, thankfully for me, just recognize that I, I love the game and, and wanted to teach it and gave me opportunities and supported me and, and corrected me and, and um, you know, allowed me to continue to move move on. And um, didn't really ever think about or entertain managing at all in the big leagues. I mean, come on, dude. Um I was I was amazed that I was going to manage in rookie ball and happy about it and would have been okay with it, you know, for uh, a sustained career for years. And I got a double A. I was like, whoa. And I got a triple A. I was like, okay. And then, you know, I can't say that it didn't occur to me once I got there and started to get exposure to the big leagues and then went there as a, as a big league coach um, to, to take a step back and say, you know, I, I, I think I could do this. But I also didn't – I wasn't in – trying to do it um and i didn't think i'd get the opportunity to do it um so i was fine with that i was you know big league coach like what the heck you know this is wonderful and um but i did think you know gosh i think i could i could do it and then got the opportunity and um you know as far as managing the year you have to our staff you guys know some of them Mm -hmm. but our staff's amazing 
and and more importantly, <clears throat> our team is good, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and it's built on character. Um, and so having a strong team with great leadership and ability and then the staff is dedicated to, to doing any and everything they can reasonably within the rules um, to win baseball games every day and to treat people well. Um, so that award is really a reflection of the organization and, and our team. But um, to actually manage the St. Louis Cardinals and win that award, it's like, I don't know, still doesn't seem real. It's, uh, you know, there, there was a, um, I don't know if you want to call it a meme. I guess it's a meme that came out and Michael was in the Mr. Rogers sweater and sitting there like looking like Mr. Rogers. And you, Bo and I know Michael, you know, so we know his competitive spirit. We really know like what's behind this, yeah. you know, and, you know, he's got a great demeanor and he's a great communicator and everything. So he's, I, I think it's the day before <clears throat> that that comes out. The day after is when you give the uh, the infamous fiery <laughs> let's rally the troops speech, and your mom, <clears throat> who I, I missed, I miss so much, and I can only imagine Sweetheart. how much you miss. Um, I miss my burger yeah. time I throw over at the house, and <clears throat> this would have this would have this would have put a damper on her life if she was still here not playing baseball because every room you went in, there was a Cardinal game or a Cardinal radio station or oh, yeah. something going on. The Cardinal flag flying outside and her feeding her birds in the, in the, in the, uh, in the bird bath every day and looking for the Cardinal to come. It was, uh, <clears throat> it was tough, but you know, she texted me that morning and it's like, Oh boy, this is not good. <laughs> I don't like, and yeah. I said, Lib, this is going to be better than you think. It's going to turn out all right because you know, we we got to see who we knew, and now the uh, now the baseball world really got to see who uh, who you were. But um, you had a great response to the rookie that uh, that posted that, and it's just it's typical of you. It's typical of the organization. Could, but could you give us a little bit of uh, you know the story on that and how you dealt with the uh, with that player that put that out? Yeah, I mean the long version of that story is like you know you 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 know you in a tough, hard ball contested series. Yeah. Um, in, in the first round and, um, you know, it's really, Bo knows me and you know, yeah. both of me. I've got some, some fire and some, some, but I've really mellowed a lot. You know, you kind of, the game does that to you and it's necessary and the, the job I have is required of it. But, um, the interesting part is we just got there and just really calmly talked about our group. And, and I had asked, um, cause I feel like it's such a private moment. You guys have both been in a locker room no that you've won you know, and celebrated and, um, after we won the division um, in the regular season, you know, we're talking and sharing. And, and part of my just an experience of having that um, exposure to the media. And I remember being in there after we did the division series going, man, all this media's around. It doesn't feel like we could kind of be, yourself. You know, just yeah. be ourselves. And yeah. the guys enjoy the moment to the full capability. And um, so I'd actually asked, um, Brian Bartow, our media guy, and I talked to the guy at Fox and said, look, you know, can you just give us a moment just to, you know, enjoy ourselves a little bit? And I didn't, I didn't think, you know, I didn't plan on saying what I was saying. It just kind of, um, <laughs> and, they said, and they said, yeah, that's fine. And, Got you hit know, with the holy baseball spirit. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, but you feel free. And I was just proud of the group, you know. I mean, it was, you know, and I won't get into the reasons why. And it just, the emotion came out a little bit more than, Really, the profanity came out more than I'd wanted. The emotion, I don't run from the emotion. Uh, um, but it was really just like, hey, you know, and uh, that was the part that was really disappointing that it got out. And, of course, you know, we had a player that that, that 
Facebook lived it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, so we get done and and um, with you know popping champagne and enjoying each other, and you know we're wrapping it up, and people come in, it's like you know, look, that thing just went live i'm like what what, what are you talking what thing you know i'm not, I'm not I'm got my head around it and uh, there's no media in there and and um you know to protect yourself from such moments like that yeah. um and so anyway brought the guy in it's like look man do you realize what you did and he felt terrible immediately and just you know just look just people make mistakes and um i alluded to it earlier about um you know i didn't just start managing the cardinals from without a lot of you know, trials and tribulations and mistakes. Um, and, you know, I was given grace in private moments from people. I was given accountability, um, but I was given some, some, some real honest feedback, you know, that says, Hey man, you know, this isn't how we do things. This isn't what you do. This isn't how you do it. And X, Y, Z. So long of it is, you know, just look, Hey man, I, I get it. If you made a mistake, you feel bad about it. We'll move on. And, um, nothing personal. And, you know, just know that the clubhouse is a sacred place. And, um, you know, it's really what stays in the clubhouse is a really important thing. And, you know, having grown up in a clubhouse, um, you know, you know that. So um, that's really kind of how it went down. And he's okay. I mean, he was – Yeah. Made, you made him yeah, feel I mean, right. He, made he him felt like... bad. I mean, you know, we turn around and get swept the next series and you think, man – you know, um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't need that to go out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, but no, man, you know, it was, um, it was, it was, it was innocent on his part. He was excited and, you know, and, and, you know, I'd prefer not to be out there, but I got to own what I say, even in, in moments, that's the job. You realize that's really the job. Um, that's, that's kind of, um, you accept quickly is that you really don't have private moments. Well, I can I can speak for myself, and I'm I'm sure Bo will say the same thing. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I t- I told your mom, you know, like, listen, man, that you know, they got to see who this man, you know, what's inside. And you're right. You have you have things that you have to adapt to at that level because your job requires it. Um, but that was uh, that was amazing. Did you did you get a kick out of it, Bo? I definitely got a kick out <laughs> of it. I, I know being in that clubhouse and probably hearing hearing that a few times, probably in my lifetime <laughs> yeah. of uh, being around Shilty. Uh, but you know the players loved it because he knows he's always going to fight for you. Yeah. Um, and, and he's obviously that guy in the trenches that you always want to be with. Uh, so when I saw it, it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because I know I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a lot of people probably haven't seen it, but I thought it was pretty pretty entertaining. But I know yeah. that the players and how they respond to you because you've always been real good with managing the clubhouse and the players. And you always get the most out of them. I mean, me included. I mean, you get the most out of your guys and – and that's a moment when you're you're celebrating, you're excited because all the hard work that you guys have put in came to fruition right there. And that's that's a moment for you guys to celebrate. And uh, yep. I know that true raw emotion came out of you. And and players love that stuff. I mean, sometimes maybe somebody in the media might not like it, but the players they will run through a wall for guys like that. You know, it's it hit it, it. You know, as, as playing, like I I never got to the playoffs. I obviously never got to the World Series, and and you just. You'd love to have that moment, and you know, because we've mm-hmm. we've had championships oh, yeah. in the minor leagues, and they're yep. fun. But you know what? Championships in the minor leagues are, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're popping like cheap beer. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get, there's like one reporter in there, and you know, the pencil broke, so he's not really writing the whole yep. story. Yep. And uh, and you know, but then you peel out, yep. you pack up, I and know, you go yep. home because you know everybody's exactly. ready to go home. But at that level, I mean, that's that celebration. That's that's a lifetime memory. The highlights are going to be shown over mm-hmm. and over and over again. So yep. to, to you know, to be a part of it. I get one more, one more 
question, Mike, and I know that uh, you got a million things going on, and we appreciate the time. The oh, success sure. of the, you know, you came through, I, I say, players will respect him because you've done the same grind as, mm-hmm. as they have. You okay. fought to get into the pro ball, right? Whether it was a player or not, you fought to get into the into the mix, and you did whatever. You you know, you started in the mailroom, man. You were in the mailroom in rookie ball or as an associate scout going into scouting. Then you've pretty much touched every avenue of this game. So I think players would, you know, respect that because sometimes you go, well, the guy never played in pro ball. Why is he, you know, why is he managing in right. the National League? You know, and there's people out there that probably have that to say, uh, sure. you know, jealous of it. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, you've, you've journeyed through every avenue from rookie ball to A ball to double A to triple A to, you know, you've, you've been around. You ran spring training which is a nightmare, which I wouldn't want anybody to have that job. <laughs> Holy cow, dude. That's a mess. Um, That's a mess. But yeah. you know what? You had, you had good mentors along the way. Um, you know, you, 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 your, your childhood is built around a double-A field in the Orioles organizations, which their successes in that time were based on the Orioles' way. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is where mm-hmm. I'm going with this, the whole thing. So then you get in St. Louis's organization that's a storied organization that's had their way for years and years and years and years. And you had people around you like George Kissel, Tony La Russa. Mm-hmm. You know, you had some of the, the, the greatest minds in the game you got touched by, whether it was with the Orioles or whether it was with the Cardinals. And it's, it's fortunate. So, you know, but is that a big piece of the success of the Cardinals um, because they've always had this system, they're not always really changing it. Obviously, you got to modify it to certain things. But when I had the, um, you know, the analytics conversation before we got on the air, but you got to modify certain things. But there's always been a Cardinals way, and it's almost like putting on a Yankee uniform, right? Bo, mm-hmm. you did, you wore it in the minor leagues. Yep. Like, look, dude, this is how we do this. It is, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change. And they kind of fall in line. You, you allow them to be individuals, mm-hmm. but they kind of fall in line to the system. Agree or not agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you're just. Uh, Ali Marmar, our bench coach, talks about being anchored to something. He's using it in reference to his, mm-hmm. his faith. But, um, you know, we're just anchored to something. And um, the organization, similar to what you mentioned earlier to the to the Orioles example, Shay, that I saw and kind of started me on my path of understanding how to think about the game in a in a team setting um, or just and to see how that looked is, um, you know, it's really fundamental base. Um, and then I get the Cardinals and – very, very similar, and and you know, uh, Pop Warner, our third base coach, um, Bo knows Pop, and yeah. um, so he did me a big service. I've been the organization's kind of what I alluded to earlier about you know being accountable. So I go and, and I kind of run the first spring training that I've ever done, and and um, and oh by the way, I hadn't really ever been to spring training outside of a game in Clearwater on, on, you know, on the front line college on a spring break it's called infantry um, man <laughs> so I'm like you know so I go to pop and again I'm in my fifth year in organization been extended for four years and and um so forth and and um I said hey man really want to have an identity to run in our the spring training you know I want to have a theme and he's like what, what's wrong with you dude and I'm like what do you want to start? You know, what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and he said, uh, "He said we're the we're the Cardinals." He said, "You know, we don't we're based on fundamentals. You know, we're going to play the games. You know, fundamentally sound. Um, we're going to emphasize those things, and then we're going to we're going to you know do our best to compete to win every game we can, and um, every day. And and I don't say that to say that other organizations aren't don't. It's not. It's just how we think. It's not to say that other organizations aren't doing that or are 
anything along those lines. Just, just that's our identity, and that's how we look to compete in the game, and, and um, you know, that's what we emphasize. And and we won't. And Mr. Kissel would say the same thing. We don't profess to have all the answers to the to the, how thing how the game's played. You know, we just have our version of it, and we try to do it the best we can. And the beauty of it is that there is some clarity and continuity with what we're doing and how we're doing it. And um, so, you know, after that, we just kind of go play and, and let the game go, go from there. But we do have something that we draw from, have an anchor to. It's uh, every successful corporation, mm-hmm. the people that, you know, survive, even through times like this, have, have that anchor, whatever it is. You know, you have that foundation that you just kind of, you continue to build off of and, you know, it, it does. It, sometimes, it, sometimes it's a grind. You know, sometimes it, it, it almost feels uncomfortable because you don't make all the changes that everybody else is like. You know, we've, we've looked at the sabermetric stuff and, yeah. you know, and, and bringing different, different people into the game that uh, some people can adjust to it, some people won't adjust yeah. to it, you know. Some people don't have to adjust to it. But it's, it's, that, that's it's great feedback. George Kissel was, was special to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was special, you know, and I got, I got there towards the end of George's 66 year career with the Cardinals um, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable um, so he was a he was a um, great resource clearly for the organization you know the first time I saw him I got his autograph you know I mean but, um, but Mark D. John our field coordinator um, who you both know and um, you know just retired was was with George for 20 years um, and it was interesting because DJ was in another organization was uh, encouraged and said, you know, I want to be the best baseball man I can I can be. And somebody said, you know, and, and you need to get over with St. Louis and get with Mr. Kissel. So he gets hired through Jimmy Riggleman and um, yeah. gets over with the organization and, and uh, gets to meet George. And, at the, and George is 66 years old. And he's like, well, crap, this guy's 66 years old, and I'm coming here to learn from him. And, you know, 20 years later, he's, yeah. he's, he um, was still with us and, um, but I got a lot of my information through the second generation of Kissel and, and uh, DJ. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking your time. I said, you know, I told you it'd be 20 minutes. I knew we'd, we'd run by. <laughs> we, could, we could go on all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, let us know when you, uh, when you, you, you head back up to Charlotte for a little while. And uh, love to sit down. And we had, we had a great conversation when his mom was in the hospital. And yeah. we kind of peeled away from, from everything and just sat down mm-hmm. and talked. And it, you know, it, listen. Everybody's everybody's proud of you, Michael. And you know, no it's uh, you know, it's you, but you know, to Bo and I, you know, you're either coach or your friend, or you know, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Give our give Michelle our best and, and your daughters, and don't kick anybody, don't suspend anybody from school, don't <laughs> <laughs> do the best you can in educating them. You know, hey, listen, educate them on the game. Yep. What the heck? Yeah. That's it. There you go. That's we'll it. watch some old games. Stay, stay sharp. Well, we love you, man, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Andrew, you got anything to say? Before no, we... you guys covered everything. Nah. Right. I never got to say anything on this. No, I'm thank God Michael doesn't bring up the one story. It's, I'm scarred by that, so please put that away just for like maybe my my memorial or something. Great. <laughs> All right, Michael. Thank you, man. All love right. you. Peace Take out. care, buddy. Love you guys. See you, man. He's the best. He's stay oh. sound, but we're on, brother. We're oh. rolling, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, so everybody knows when I, we're talking about Bo Robinson. Bo's the uh, is the uh, assistant coach out at UNC Charlotte and been around this area forever. Born and raised, and uh, Bo played, coached me. Bo coached you, yeah. Dude, you screwed that one up bad. Bo. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he gave me my one tool I had. He gave you the yeah, only yeah, tool. The only tool. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's awesome. But um, yeah, Bo's uh, a local guy that did damage here in high school, and and um, then went on to UNC Charlotte, All American, first team All American in one area, second team on two others. Um, had like what did you hit four sixty two in the conference one year something crazy? I'm uh, not not real sure. Yeah, I am. I am. So that's just nod your head. But you know, you know what you know what I found amazing about that. Not no. not only that, but RBIs. Who drives in a hundred runs in college these days? Yeah, that, that that doesn't. So you must have just. I mean, the well, zone that, must uh, have looked. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this: those the guys that I had in front of me. I, uh, you guys probably know Joey Hammond, who yeah. is. Uh, a coach out at Wake Forest, and I had Gerald Parr was our leadoff guy. So Gerald was hitting leadoff, and Joey Hammond was hitting two-hole, and I was hitting three-hole. I think those guys were number one and number two in the league in walks. Uh, Joey Hammond hit 400 also, so when you're leading the league in walks and you're hitting 400, sure. I think his own base percentage was like – it was ridiculous, like 550 or something Shoot. like that. And uh, Gerald was our leadoff hitter who had like a 450 on base percentage, and he led the league in stolen bases. So, and then I had a guy behind me, oh, by the way, who hit 400 with 27 home runs. Yeah. So, I had had some protection. So, I saw a lot of fastballs, and it seemed like every time I came up to, to, to at bat, you, you is I had men in score position. <laughs> you still got to hit. I mean, a lot, had, a lot of guys on third with yeah. less than two outs, easy RBIs yeah, well, for me. Well, opportunity. See, of those let, guys. you know, let's bring that up. Okay. Let, yep. that, that, that's, a great, that's a great piece. A lot of yep. guys on third base, RBI opportunities less than two outs. Yep. And the approaches put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. It's gone. I hope not. You hope not. I hope not. I, I know in our program it is not because that right. is that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Because um, mm-hmm. I know that that's how I drove in a lot of my runs, and I know that's how RBI and run producers drive in a lot of their runs. Um, I mean, I, there's there's some things I see. I guess nowadays you'll see some guys hitting like I don't know two thirty, two forty, and they'll hit like. 30 home runs and drive in 60 runs. And I'm like, how is that even possible mm-hmm. to do that? Uh, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of RBI opportunities that are out there. But when you get like 30 home runs and you're driving in 60 or 65 runs, that means that all your RBIs are coming off home runs for the most part. Well, I think there is value in playing a team game and basically making sure that you get that guy in from third with less than two outs. Because runs are so important. I mean, they're, they're, they're hard to come by. I mean, the pitchers are, are obviously getting better. They're throwing harder and their sliders are, are definitely getting tighter and all that stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's about driving in runs from an offensive standpoint, and you cannot leave those guys out there stranded. I mean, that's how you end up losing one-run ball games, okay. two-run ball games, whatever it may be. But I know I am a huge believer in that. I mean, especially uh, you got a man on third with the infield back and you got one out. I mean, it is all you have to do is literally either hit a – ground ball, hit a line drive, add somebody the, in the outfield, or fly ball. I mean, just don't strike out it's not the show. It's not the showcase mentality. <laughs> yeah. It's not the showcase yep. mentality. So now you're going out on the re- recruiting trail, right? Yep. And you're looking for baseball players. And mm-hmm. you're getting these, you know, and baseball players come in, in, in basically they come as a teammate, yeah. a competitor, somebody that's willing to sacrifice themselves to get an RBI yep. or get a guy over and things like that. But you don't you don't see that on the showcase trail, yeah. right? You're going out there and you're watching. I mean, the guy's got two strikes on a man on third and less than two, two outs. He better shorten up and, and do yeah. something. Oh, yeah. So but so how, how does that affect the recruiting? Because, I mean, now you got to get these kids in that yeah. are coming in as individuals, not team players, yeah. you know, because they play on this team and they don't practice and they play on that team. They yeah. run all over. There's no baseball development. Now, I give you give credit to where credit's due, Bankhead's group, yeah. uh, the on-deck group. Yeah. Our group. There's certain yeah. there's certain people that go about 
you know, the game the way the game we always feel it should be played. But yeah. then you're running into all these show and go organizations where these kids are just, you know, they're going to go because yeah. they think they're the dude. They get the national uniform and they want to show everybody that they can drop tanks or they can do whatever they can do individually. And there's no team concept. Yeah. It's tough to recruit a kid that goes that he fits on the team. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, from a recruiting standpoint, you're always out there trying to find. I mean, first and foremost, let's let's, let's be honest. You're, you're obviously the first thing that stands out to you is probably some tools um, and whatnot. So you're always out there looking for guys that have tools. But but you know, I mean, you know me, Shafe, <laughs> and I know you real well. We're also looking for the intangibles. Is this kid blue collar? Is he yeah. going to be a dirt bag and fly around the field? I mean, I, I can think of several guys that I had a chance to coach when I was with the CBC group and the on-deck group uh, and those high school guys that you just love to jump in the foxhole yeah. with some of these guys. And, and there's so many to count. I don't want to just name just, just a couple. But um, you want to find baseball players still, uh, even to this day. And I, I think that is so important. Um, and, and the other part of it, too, when you're out there watching some of the showcase games, you can tell the kids that have been coached up really well, whether it be with their showcase team or their high school coach, and, and guys that are not, because I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that you'll see out there when you're recruiting, they're, they're real toolsy, but they're not really coached up right. very well. So, and then we can take into consideration when we're recruiting that kid. I mean, I, I can, I, mean, I, I got one kid in particular, like Drew Ober, uh, is a kid that kind of stands out to me. Uh, just real toolsy, could really run, had bat speed, but had some things that, I mean, his swing just, uh, it was, I don't know, it was kind of unorthodox and not, not real smooth. And, and you knew that those were things that you could clean up when he got on campus, that he was going to be a heck of a player. Uh, but, but it goes back to, to me, you got to find baseball players if you want to win at the college level. And, and, and nowadays, it's, you get freshmen that come in. I mean, I, obviously, I've done this now for eight years. The, one, the biggest thing is getting those guys used to the speed of the game. Um, and once you get them used to speed of the game and teaching them the fundamentals of the game, they grow so fast. Um, they, they develop really quickly. And the biggest thing is having, is their mindset. Are they going to be ready to play once the spring comes along and, and, the, and you turn the lights on and all the pressure's on them? Um, that's a big part of it. And um, I think that goes back to how well they were coached in high school. I mean, I, I think the guys that, as freshmen when they get on campus, is, is the more they've been coached and the more fundamentally sound they are, the quicker they're going to make an impact at the college level. So, um, and then we're just talking about the, the RBI situation. Situational hitting to me is still big. It always will be big. Um, but once they get into our program, they're going to learn that from day one. I mean, uh, those those man on thirds, less than two outs. That that is a big pet peeve of mine uh, with leaving those guys strings. That's how you win ball games. I mean, I, there's a lot of, especially in college, there's a lot of four three ball games, five four ball games, six five ball games. A lot of one run ball games. There's a lot of good teams that are out there. And at the end of the day, when it gets to seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, it comes down to execution and fundamentals. That's right. yeah. um, and that, and that, to me, will never change with the game. I hope it doesn't. I mean, you can start seeing some trends that are starting to, to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction. But you know that there's still good baseball people out there going to keep harping on that. Well, you that. guys, you got you know, there's people that don't understand college baseball. It, it, it's about wins and losses. It is, you know, because you lose it your is. job if you don't win. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> Especially if you're in the Division One or your Power Five or anywhere in the, in the D1 level, if you're not winning, yeah. You know, you're going to be out. So you're taking all these kids that are dudes, you know, that are supposed to be the top players in their organizations on the teams, and now you got to teach them to be a team guy. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, all of a sudden you have 35 guys on the bench and you can only yep. put nine on the field. That's right. And you're going to go find the best baseball player. So it's like you said earlier, mm -hmm. there's a lot of toolsy guys out there that got unbelievable tools. Yep. But they're not baseball players. That's right. 
And that's so that you know you can get you can get you can get buffaloed by you know oh man look at this guy's arm look at this but you, when he crosses the line and he puts it in a situation yeah. they don't even recognize situations that's right and uh, and and don't perform and well, next I, thing I you know you're up. losing those you're losing those one run ball games because that guy comes up in the situation he has no clue what to do yeah well and and I, I talk about it all the time we 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 obviously want to be really good practice players we want to make sure we're getting a lot accomplished in practice but. But really, the, the cream kind of rises to the top when it's 7 o'clock and the lights come on and the situation shines the brightest is the guys that will execute. And, 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 and as far as player development is concerned, I think that's something that us as coaches have to recognize when we recruit. Are we, are we recruiting a toolsy guy that needs fundamental development? Or are we recruiting a kid that's already fundamentally sound, <clears throat> needs to get better mentally and, and physically? Um, or are we recruiting a guy that – that uh, has some bad habits here, but we can clean it up. I mean, to me, I think that's the fun part of coaching where you can train mentality, you can train fundamentals, you can train execution, you can train how how you play the game the right way and doing the little things where the stealing bases, reading balls in the mm-hmm. dirt, uh, advancing, I mean, knowing how many outs there are. I mean, like take an example as a good man, man on second base with one out, knowing where your outfielders are playing. And that way, if a line drives hit the outfield, you're not freezing off the bat if you know it's a right. base hit. You, you know that it's going to be down. Those are instincts. I think it's always good to have them once you get to college, but you can also teach those if you put them in the it's, right uh, practice it's, setting. It's funny because we, I'm always, you know, a guy gets on second base, you know, with less than two outs. Like, always pick up pick up your outfield, pick yep. up your outfield. Oh, no doubt. So then, you know, I, I watch these kids turn and they just kind of scan and then they come back, right? Yeah. Yep. And I'm thinking – they don't understand why I'm telling them to do that. Yep. You know, they don't understand how to read the ball off the bat, yep. you know, when to go, when to take the extra base, yep. you know. So it's, Baseball you know, they, you have to, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and again, I don't remember being that way. I mean, I think I, you know, I was fortunate where I grew up. I had, you know, great baseball people around me, but you know, we also we played in little leagues and organizations, and we, you know, we had the same coaches and the same systems year mm-hmm. after year after year, and you you understood how the game was played. Yep. So when I got to Maryland as a smaller guy, I got myself in the lineup right away because I could do those mm-hmm. things. I was yep. able to. I was actually I knew my role as a nine hole hitter as my freshman year. Yep. You know that I got to move runners over, I got to bunt, I got to grind out in that yep. bat, whether I make it out or not. I got to get this guy's pitch count up. Yep. You know, it's, it's it's the mentality of that type of mentality is is tough to find. Yep. Um, but you know, to your point, you know, over, over Charlotte, like there's fun in that too you know yeah. it's like okay I know what this kid's tools yeah, oh, yeah. are I know what this kid can do now let me see if I can get no, him because if I can get him yeah. to this next level no he may he may it. find himself in the draft he no may find himself out of here by yeah. his junior year and I think that's why we do what we do because that I, I I live I don't know I don't know what maybe something's wrong with but I, I live to see the kids have their light bulb go off I mean yeah. that's that's what makes me get up every single day and mm. and we just talked to Mike Schilt I mean I was on the phone I mean he's the big league manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, and he talks about the Cardinal tradition yeah. is built off fundamentals. The anchor, man. It, That's it, a great word. It, he called it the anchor. I mean, that goes from George Kissel to, to DJ and all these guys. Pop Warner, who I had a chance to play in the Cardinals organization for one year. I got a chance to meet all these guys, and it is amazing the similarities between the Cardinals organization and the Yankees organization and how they are entrenched in fundamentals and whatnot. I mean, I know the game's kind of changed a little bit, and there's been a lot of turnover with a lot of the coaches now. But but you're hearing Mike Schilt talk about the the organization with the Cardinals, and and I and I think that's a big part of. I mean, obviously I'm a I'm, I'm the associate head coach at Charlotte, and I deal mainly with position players. But I know my whole philosophy is built off the same principles that I learned in the Cardinals organization. Uh, coach Hibbs, when he was here. Uh, uh, obviously, the Yankees organization. I mean, all that stuff I am passing, trying to pass on mm-hmm. to our guys at Charlotte. 
and it's entrenched in fundamentals. I mean, I'm never going to try to reinvent the game, and, and I don't think you have to. I mean, obviously the game is, is changing, and we obviously got to stay with the times. But a lot of times it is changing, but a lot of things that you think are changing are, are just different terminology mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's the fun part about being where I'm at is I get to deal with 18- to 22-year-old kids um, that we're trying to mold into men, not only just, mm-hmm. just from a, uh, trying to mature and develop those guys mentally, but also physically trying to help those guys get to be the best player that they can possibly be. And then hopefully once their four years is up and they're 22, 23 years old, they got that education where they can go off and do something pretty special in their life if they don't play professional baseball. So um, that's a fun part of it. Bo, appreciate it, man. We're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it, huh, Andrew? Yeah, we're, wrap we're, it. We're getting close, close to the number. We'll go to, we'll go to Facebook Live after that. It's a lot of fun. So now okay. you got to go shave, Bo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more gray in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, a lot the longer more gray. it gets, a lot the more gray. gray it shows. But uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody. This is number eighty-nine. I don't even know an eighty-nine number. We no. try we try to equate, associate it with something. We'll get to ninety-nine. I'm calling Judge right off the bat. <laughs> Okay, I'm locked in on that one. You got it. Yep, so uh, we appreciate everybody, and we'll do this again next Friday. So peace out.